0: Thank you. Why don't we give Jesus the hand cap he deserves, everybody. Come on now. Yeah, thank you so much. You may be seated. God bless you. Such a joy to be with everyone here today. And uh, I want to begin by recognizing your pastors, uh, James and Debbie Green. They're watching right now, and we welcome you to church today, wherever you are. We've been praying for Debbie, right, everybody? Lifting her up, and we're going to continue to do that. And I want to honor our founding leaders as we've done today. My mom and dad, so glad to be in church with you today. And uh, 85 years tomorrow, we're going to have a good time and eat a lot. That's what you do, you know. When you get to be 85, you just do what you want to do. And so we honor them. And, and in case you don't know, this coming February, this church celebrates its 50th church anniversary. <laughs> February, February 1973. I was 12 years old when we started this church. I say we because I had to be a part of the work team. I remember when Dad walked in, called me in his bedroom and said, we're going to move to spring and we're going to start a church. And I didn't know what that was all about. But here we did. We loaded up and we came to spring. And I remember the first service. Phil is here and it's such an honor to be in church with my brother Philip today and his wife Lisa. That's cool. We had not done that in a long time because we're both pastors and we're all working on the same day. And then to be with Trish, my cousin, who's also a pastor. I know she's from Arkansas, but it's okay. She, she grew up in Texas and Germany and wherever else. Trish, good to see you. And Diane and your daughter's here, Trish. Yes, Kendra. Got to remember that because I got a Kendra. So we got some family stuff going on here. Kyle and Chloe's here my nephew I remember the first service there's like 20 people 19 people (laughs) and dad preaches this sermon and I mean we had church in our living room everybody I mean it was our house so we went into our living room which was just you know like right here 20 people in there 19 people in there the smell of pot roast in the oven and the preacher was preaching long, and I'm smelling pot roast, and then he gives an altar call and says, You sinners need to come and repent. And I looked at my brothers and I said, Well, must be us. Think about it, right? <laughs> and here we are almost 50 years later. So in February, we're going to have a good time, Dad, Mom. So, thank you for letting me come, and I just want to talk to you a little bit today. Um, My wife and I have been in College Station 35 years. We went to College Station in May of 1987. Can we fix this mic? Is this me doing this? Am I too close to it or something? Pull it away from me? Okay. Okay. How's that? Better, maybe. Okay, got to get it right, you know, technology is good when it works, so. Uh, In fact, so Janet and I went to College Station and and we've had a wonderful journey. We just celebrated 35 years as a church and um, I got a picture of our family at Easter. Do we have some photos we can put up, show you my family? There's, oh, that's Nathan and his family. That's my youngest son, Nathan, and his wife, Kendall, and their four children our newest grandson and that's our oldest son Jared and his wife Kendra and their four children and so we got eight grandkids and uh, Nathan our youngest son is stepping into lead pastor at our church in College Station and speaking today Jared is our worship pastor and all things creative and we just get to do life with our family and Janet is she in there do we have a family picture there she is the love of my life we've been married 40 next month will be 43 years we've been together and um, I want to thank you for praying for Janet. She has fought cancer, many of you may know, for 25 years uh, this past May. And uh, she's not supposed to be here, but by the grace of God, she still is. And uh, stage four metastatic breast cancer 25 years ago. And uh, that girl's a fighter. i sorry she's not with us. She's not doing really well today. But anyway, just keep praying for her. We appreciate it very much, right? So we've been talking about the church the last couple of weekends. And Pastor James asked me to do the same thing. So today I wanna read a verse of scripture that's in the Old Testament. And it simply says, write the vision and make it plain so those who receive it can run with it. It's important we understand why we're doing what we do. So today my talk is titled, Church, the Myths, the Mission, and the Miracle. Church, the Myths, the Mission, and the Miracle. So if I say elephant, we all see the same thing, right? If I say airplane, we all see the same thing. But if I say family, we each see something completely different because your interpretation of family is through the lens you remember or experienced because every family is different. Any, anytime something is subjective it's open to bias and opinions which is especially true when it comes to the church. The word church conjures up all kinds of images in people's minds. From person to person, there can be a wide range of ideas, and with it, a lot of myths about the church. For example, some people have never been to church. Some people have gone a few times to church, and that's their singular opinion or idea of what church is. Some people decided before they ever went to church, they weren't going to like it. Kind of like my grandkids, when you put broccoli in front of them, they've Never tasted it, but they decided they're not going to like it. Do you like it? No. Have you ever tasted it? No. I just know I'm not going to like it, right? And it's impossible to overcome a person's preconceived bias unless they decide to let it go. Some people have based their opinion about church on what another person whom they knew who went to church said about church. Some people had a bad experience at church that caused them to be anti-church. The truth is, people say sometimes, the church hurt me, or I got hurt at church. But the church never hurt anybody. People are hurt by people, but the church never hurt anyone. Y'all going to preach with me today? Some people, because of a bad experience, say, I'm never going back to church. No one said anything to me. I didn't like the music. The preacher didn't smile. The service was terrible. It's kind of like saying, because I had a bad experience at a restaurant, I'm never going back to a restaurant again. I didn't like the music. The server didn't smile at me. The waiter didn't take care of me like the service was terrible. I get it that I may not go back to that one, but I didn't stop going to a restaurant just because I had a bad experience. Some grew up in a home where their parents took them to church. And as soon as they were out on their own, they stopped going. Some grew up in a home where their parents took them to church and taught them the value of being in church and establishing a priority of being in church. And eventually, they began to experience their own personal relationship with Jesus like I did. They learned to love their church. And now, they are all in heart and soul for the church my parents taught us we were a part of church. Even before we moved to spring to begin this church, we were involved in church. We served in church. My whole life has been involved in church on the weekend. We learned to love the house of God. My parents taught us to love people and the purpose of the church and what Jesus came to build. And all of my brothers are pastors and my sons are pastors and I've got nieces and nephews that are pastors and I've got cousins that are pastors doesn't mean you have to be a pastor but our family has something ingrained in them to learn to love the house of God you'll never regret teaching your family to love the house of God to attend the house of God to be in the house of God and then others came to church And at some point they felt drawn to the church. So they kept coming and kept observing and kept listening and kept learning. And they kept getting closer to God one step at a time. And they started meeting people and they got planted in the house of the Lord. And they got baptized in the house of the Lord, like some of these young people are going to do. They got connected in a life group. They started tithing. They started supporting the church financially. They joined a volunteer team and began serving. And the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The outcome of your life and your relationship with the church is entirely up to you. How you see church is entirely up to you. So don't let some of the myths keep you from finding your place in God's house. Remember, the church is God's idea. Church is not man's idea. The church is God's idea. And also, the church is plan A. There is no plan B. This is it. So those are some of the myths about church. Church. Now, what about, what about the mission of the church? The mission of the church. Every church has a culture, either by design or by default. We have a culture. What do you mean by culture? A culture is simply how we do things here, the style of music, the atmosphere, The attitude, we smile at church, we're courteous at church, we're generous. It's a culture. Local churches are different than churches that are rural. They're all different. There are rural churches, there are city churches, there are denominational churches, there are non-denominational churches, there are quiet churches, and there are loud churches, kind of like this one. There are noisy churches, old churches, new churches. And the mission of this church, Champion Life, is to help people to know God, and to find freedom, and to discover purpose, to make a difference with your life. Let me explain how we accomplish this mission as a local church. First of all, Our weekend services are designed first and foremost to open the doors to everyone to begin a personal relationship with Jesus as your Savior and to understand what it means to know God personally and to follow him fully. Our mission is also accomplished because we're about people finding freedom in their life. Finding freedom is the ongoing process of overcoming the things that hold us back and keep us from becoming all who god designed us to be the devil wants to keep you stuck He wants you stuck in your past. He wants us stuck in our brokenness. He wants us stuck in our mistakes. But God wants to set you free. And the house of God and the people of God and the relationships that we have is how we move forward and find freedom in our life. How How do you say that? What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, this happens through right relationships. Right people. Show me your friends. Let me say it this way. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I believe that life moves at the speed of relationships. We call it life groups around here. You come to church on the weekend, you're going to be introduced to Jesus. You get involved in a life group, get to meeting the right people, get to hanging around the right people, and you're going to find yourself moving toward the right goals in your life. And God's going to help you get, uh, get freedom over the things that are holding you back. Can I get a yes from somebody? Yes. Again, let me say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The Bible says it this way, we confess our sins to God in order to be be forgiven, but we confess our faults to one another to be healed. Let me say it this way, if you're the only one who knows your secrets, you're in trouble. You need the right people around you. Come on, somebody. You can't do life alone. You weren't meant to do life alone. And the way you get free is through the right people who you trust and who trust you. And you can tell them, I'm having a struggle in this part of my life. Would you pray for me? And you know they're not going to judge you, but they're going to help you through. And they're going to text you, and they're going to call you, and they're going to be somebody you can lean on. That's finding freedom in your life. That's the mission of this church Come on the weekend, we're going to introduce you to Jesus. Get in a life group, you're going to start finding freedom from all the stuff that you've been holding secret in your life and nobody knew about, but now you can trust somebody that can help you get free of all of that so you can live the life God's called you to live. Part of our mission is not only knowing God and finding freedom, but it's discovering purpose. Someone said there's two great days in your life. The day you were born and the day you discover why. The two greatest days in your life. Discovering purpose is what our growth track is all about. You've heard us talk about it. We talk about it all the time. It's been mentioned today. It'll be talked about some more today. Growth track answers the question of why was I born? The number one question asked on the planet is, "What on earth am I here for? What is my life all about?" And Growth Track is to help you see who God made you to be and what He called you to do. You can go to the CLC app and you can get, uh, you can download the information. They're going to tell you about it at the end of the service today. If you're not a part of Growth Track, if you've not been through Growth Track, you ought to get on board right now and be a part of that. Somebody help me here today. And then the fourth part of our mission is simply to make a difference. We want to make a difference. Champion life is making a difference in the life of people. Together we become the church, and we use our time on earth to make an eternal difference, leading as many people as we can to heaven. So find your place in the house of God. Find your place in building his church. If your gift is leading, then lead a group. Lead kids. Lead young people. Take them to camp. Lead a small group. If your gift is organizing, then help organize the parking team or the greeting team or a kid's classroom. If your gift is teaching, then teach a life group or teach kids or teach a small group at work. If your gift is giving, then gather wealth and finance the mission of the church. Are you hearing me, somebody? Salvation is free, but once you get saved, you have an assignment. Look at your neighbor and say, you got an assignment. You got an assignment. So let's talk about the culture of our church, Champion Life. Every church has a culture, and the culture of Champion Life Church is this. I hope you'll write this down. We honor what we've been given and entrusted with. We honor, that's a part of our culture here. We honor what we've been given and entrusted with. We honor those who paid the price before us with their blood, sweat, and tears. Thank you for singing happy birthday to my sweet dad today. 85 years and a whole bunch of it, most of it, 50 of it, given right here in this community. We honor that. We, are, we, are, we honor that. The culture of Champion Life is also that we believe that the church does not exist for us, but we are the church, and we exist for the world. Can I say that again? It kind of messes with you a little bit. We believe the church does not exist for us, but we're the church, and we exist for the world. In other words, we are contributors, not consumers. Think about that. Too often we think, what can the church do for me? But we say here at Champion Life, we're the church, and what can we do to reach lost humanity? What can we do to help somebody? We already know the gospel. We already know who Jesus is. Now what are we going to do to help somebody else? The culture of Champion Life is also that we will do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus. Think about it. In other words, to To reach people no one's reaching, we might have to do some things nobody else is doing. Aren't you glad somebody told you about Jesus? Wherever it was and however it was, somebody went out of their way and you heard about Jesus. Aren't you glad somebody told you about Jesus? One of the things about your founding senior pastor is that he always tells people about Jesus. Give him one minute, he's going to ask if you know the Lord, and he's going to ask if you know Jesus. I don't care if he's selling you a bell of hay, or he's working on a cow, or he's preaching a sermon. The culture of Champion Life Center is we're not waiting for a move of God, we are the move of God. Now some of these statements make you think a little bit, we're not waiting on a move of God, we are the move of God. Let me say it to you plain and simple, tag, you're it. We are his hands, we are his feet. We are his voice. We are the church, his church. How else and who else is God going to to move through if he doesn't move through you? We're not waiting on something external to show up. The move of God is giving birth inside of you. We are the move of God. If the earth is going to see something fresh from the presence of God, it's gonna come out of you. Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And the culture of this church is if we're going to have a move of God we're it so let's stand up and be the church in Jesus name the culture of champion life is also that we're better together we're better together in other words unity at all costs Unity at all costs champion life is this beautiful family of all backgrounds and all types of people and and just look around and see this wonderful family You want to know the answer to American culture and our society and the world today? Just look at what's going on right here. This is what heaven looks like This is what it's gonna look like when we all step across that pearly gate into streets of gold This is what it looks like and we need some more heaven on earth. We need some more unity People coming together realizing God made us specifically different so we could bless and we could accommodate and we could support and we could make each other better. It's like a beautiful bouquet of flowers. None are the same, but it makes this arrangement like it's supposed to be. Someone said if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. Building God's church requires us to think like a team. To use our individual strengths to add value to the church. To pursue purpose and to walk in sync with one another. That's why Psalm 133 says, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. Champion Life, you want to walk in unity, you want to feel the blessing of God on this church like never before, stay in harmony with each other. Get in harmony with one another. Love one another. Show it. If there's any division, go apologize. Go repent. Make it right. We are one family. We are one blood. We are one people. We are kingdom people, the people of God. So there's myths about the church and Then there's the mission of the church. Not really exciting to all jump up and down about, but just think about our mission and our purpose. But then there's the miracle of the church. The miracle. Jesus said, I'll build my church and all the powers of hell will not prevail against it. The church that began in the book of Acts had only a handful of tenacious, fired up, courageous men and women. And they ushered in the kingdom of God from heaven. And it spread like wildfire from villages and towns to major cities across the known world. At the time, Christianity was a frail movement. But think about it. In 300 years, it took over the Roman Empire. Growing from just a handful of people, Christianity became the largest religion Some begin to call it the third way. The third way. Jesus didn't ascribe to either the Romans nor to Judaism. That's why they called it the third way, because he created the kingdom way. Jesus introduced the kingdom way. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that grew into a tree, and the birds come and gathered in that tree. Kingdom citizens have risen from all over the world. China, Russia, South America, Africa, Europe, God's kingdom is an increasing, growing, expanding kingdom. His church is full of people from every race and every ethnicity and every background and every color. And we've all been brought into one family and one kingdom. The kingdom of God has grown since its beginning and it will continue to grow until Jesus returns. Come on, somebody, are you listening to me? The church of Jesus cannot be defeated. The persecutions have come. The tests and the pressures have come, but it's only made it stronger and more powerful. The church has overcome every form of malice, every form of contempt, every form of opposition for more than 2,000 years. It has been despised. It has been oppressed. It has been persecuted. But the church remains. I said, the church remains. When Jacob woke up from his sleep after seeing angels ascending and descending up and down from heaven, he said, how awesome is this place? This is more, this is, this is none other than the house of God and the gates of heaven. Not because of its grandeur, not built to be an elegant cathedral or monument, but because This is God's house. You are in God's house here today. And things happen here that don't happen anywhere else. I said, things happen in here that don't happen anywhere else. Not at universities. Come on, someone. Not at grocery stores. Not at stadiums. Not at a school or at libraries. It's in God's house that people experience his presence. In God's house, the word of the Lord is spoken. In God's house, lives are changed. Hearts get healed and relationships get restored. Direction is found in God's house. Destinies are shaped in God's house. Legacies are formed in God's house. (laughs) Come on, musicians, where are you? It's in this church that babies are dedicated. It's in this church that our children right now are learning about God. It's in this church that people are baptized, and I celebrate with these 20-plus young people that are going to be baptized in a few days. It's in this church that we grow in our faith. It's in church that friends become family. <laughs> hey, it's in church that men meet their wives. It's where I met mine. If it wasn't for church, I wouldn't have met my wife. I met my wife, she walked down the aisle and I was like, not talking about getting married, I'm talking about it, Bible college. She walked down the aisle and I'm like, whoa. I thought I came to learn about Jesus. And y'all gotta remember, listen to me. I grew up in church back in the day when you know, we, the girls wore dresses and they wore them like down to here. So the only legs I got to look at were like that much. So I want to make sure you all listening here today. But that's all I needed. <laughs> she's only five foot tall. And that part from here to this, not, she had those high heels on. And I was just that much. I'm like, she's mine right there. And that was 44 years ago. And we're get, we got married. And here we are, 43 years married. Thank you, Jesus. Husbands meet their wives in church. Wives meet their husbands in church. Probably the best place to meet them. Some of these other single hangout places there may be a reason they're all single there. (laughs) At church everyone matters. People are affirmed here at church. Grace is huge here at church. Encouragement flows big here at church talking about the church there's some myths there's a mission and there's the miracle one man 12 followers three and a half years planted a seed that became the church of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years later that is still the largest movement on planet earth Living here in America where we've seen freedom, understood religious freedom, we've seen more tension than we've ever seen before. Our nation's in trouble. Lots happened in the last few years to bring chaos and confusion. And that's the devil's ploy, right? Here's what I want to say about that. Nothing that we have happening around us is going to stop the church of Jesus. Nothing that goes on in this country or any other country is going to stop the church of Jesus. The church will continue. Thank God for the church. Thank God for people who pastor churches. Thank God for people who financially support churches. Thank God for people who serve in churches. Thank God for people who are faithful to attend church. Thank God for people who are watching online, that as soon as you can, you get back in church. Thank God for online. Thank God for all the technology we have. But there's nothing more powerful than the warm hug and the friendly handshake and the look and the smile of a brother or sister eye to eye. You can't can't replace that it's the church, the church is here to bring hope, the church is here to bring as many answers as we can, and the answer above all is Jesus, sounds simple, but if you just look at what he told us to do, and we can all stand shoulder to shoulder and be the church, we will change the world. If one man 2,000 years ago could lay down his life and end up with 70 followers, maybe as many as 500, they said in Scripture that were following him. If that many or that few people can start a movement that still affects all of us today, what can we do as the church of Jesus together? Father, I pray for your church right now across the globe, and I pray for it right here in Spring, Texas, Champion Life Center, your church. We are your family. We are your people. Let people experience your presence here. Let lives get changed here. Let hearts get healed here. Let relationships restore here. Let direction be found here. Let people learn to know you, Jesus, to know you in a relationship, to find freedom from the stuff that's holding us hostage. Father, I pray that we would have brothers and sisters in our life that would walk with us on this journey to becoming all you've called us to be, to be able to deal with the challenges that we face and hold us accountable. God, you planted purpose and seed in every one of us. Thank you, Jesus, that you've called us to make a difference. Thank you for your church, the miracle, the miracle of the house of God, your church. Now while every heads bow just for a moment, I want to ask a simple question and that is do you know Jesus do you know Jesus have you made him the Lord of your life have you invited him into your heart because that's what the church is all about every weekend is all about somebody saying I I need help I need hope I need a future Frank's testimony a while ago was so powerful. 18 years ago, I came in broken, empty. What do I have to offer? What can I give to God? And God said, just give me what you have. Give me who you are. God can do in your life what he did in Frank's life, and that is give you hope and purpose and destiny. You can discover why you were born and be ready for eternity. And I'd like to pray for you right now. It's a private moment. Would you just bow your heads where you are? And if that's you, you say, Pastor Danny, I want you to lead me in a prayer because that's what it takes. It's just a short prayer. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. And if that's you, you say, Pastor, I want to make sure I'm ready to go to heaven. I want to make sure that my heart is right with God. I want to accept him as Savior. Would you just lift your hand in the privacy of this moment so I'll know who I'm praying for? Just say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I just want to make sure I'm ready. God bless all of you. Hands are raised. Thank you. Thank you so much. Each one of you, thank you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just a moment more. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Fantastic. You can put those hands down now. Thank you very much. Let's all pray together. Would you just look at me and repeat after me? Let's pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my past. Take away my sin. I believe you died on the cross for me and you rose again. And I confess you. Come on, say it with me. I confess you as Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and for saving me. Today's a new day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, that's beautiful. Can you celebrate with every person that prayed that prayer right there? Come on, welcome to the family of God, everybody. Welcome them to the family of God. Thank you so much. Let's sing this song, guys. Come on. Build your church, build your church. your church, build your church, build it from the ground up, is your church, build your with you but we also want to help you take some next steps we have a new believers bible miss brenda right here on our front row would love to give you one talk with you pray with you and also if you're ready to take that next step and join us in growth track you can go out to our next steps booth sign up sign up on our app download that and also for any guests we would love to meet you in our vip lounge today after service we hope you have a champion week and thank you for joining us